Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. It's not a draft Wednesday anymore because we are post-draft, but that doesn't mean we won't talk about next year's draft. Drew Doherty has already done a mock draft survey for 2022. So what do the future prospects look like for the Texans? Well, three quarterback names came up and a defensive player that I think can be transcended. We'll talk about that later. We'll go around the NFL later. But right now, we kick off the show with one of my great friends, and I'm so glad to have her on with me. I'm your host, John Harris, by the way, my good friend, D.P. Sidhu. D.P., how are you doing? A, it's good to see you doing radio in person. is not something we've been able to do a lot of, but it's great to see you. How are you doing? I'm great, Johnny. I mean, I think we've survived post-draft. We made it through the draft. It was fantastic. And now we're just sort yes. of, you know, like, recover. we're recovered. We're excited. It feels like yeah. a new season again. And it was really nice to see you in person last Thursday when we kicked off the pre-draft show. I know that's a crazy month, few months for you, the draft month. And draft day is super crazy. And I always ask you to do all access with me, at least for a little bit, because I feel like everybody wants to hear John Harris's final thoughts because so much changes up until those last few days and minutes leading up to the draft. So it was fun to see you in person. I, I missed doing radio in person too. I think I said yeah. it during the show and I told uh, Mark Vandermeer later, we had our department meeting and I said, that was one of my favorite things was just getting back in the studio and, and doing radio in person again. And, and now we've got guys to talk about and hopefully we get to actually talk to the guys in person and, <laughs> you know, so much to look forward to it, it. Like, you know, like years past when you just took it all for granted, like we will not yeah. take these things for granted anymore. Yeah, you're right about that. There, there are things that we will definitely not take for granted. Oh, man, we get an interview with the GM? Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Like, that, that will never never that will never be taken for granted. Not that I, I don't think it ever was, but I don't think it ever will. And we were so gracious to uh, and, and thankful to Nick Casario for spending time with us both Friday and Saturday night to give us kind of his thoughts on what went down on the draft. DP, I, I'm going somewhere with this, but – You've been working on a series that I, I love, and it's really cool. It's called Meet the Texans, and it's just because there have been so many changes, I have this feeling I'm going to look out at the, whether it's OTAs or training camp or whatever, and I'm going to look out and go, oh, my God, who is that? Okay, I know that's Malik Collins, but – okay, I know that's Malik Collins, but what about – but you've been working on a series called Meet the Texans in which – you've kind of been giving kind of nuggets and tidbits and information about these particular players. A, how cool has that series been to do to kind of learn about these guys yourselves? And B, well, it's an awesome series. So you got to continue it for all of us so we can stay on, <laughs> on track with who's here and who they are. So B, thank you very much. But mainly, how has that series really come to be and how informative has it been for you to learn about these guys as they come to Houston as well? Yeah, Johnny. I mean, that's the reason why I started it because after Nick Casario made all those transactions with free agency in the off season, you know, our team, the, 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 the landscape of our team changed. We had so many totally. new players yeah. at so many different positions. It seemed like the guys that were here before were fewer and further between. And I thought, I've got to learn about these new players. We, we know, especially with the free agents, we know that they've been around the league. We sort of know the general story of where they've been, but I don't really feel like I know these players. So I thought, I've got to do a deep dive and learn about all these players. So why don't I do a series? Because if I need to learn about them, I'm sure fans need to learn about them as well. So I said, I set out 
And uh, some days I curse myself for this, but I said, you know what, I'm going to start a series. And it's going to be called Meet the Texan. And we're going to meet these players one by one. And I've done like somewhere in the 20s. I've done like somewhere between 22 and 25 of them. Wow. Um, that's, that's for the existing like current wow. players. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, the draft happened. It, it went all the way through the draft and now the draft happened. So we've sort of switched gears to meet the rookie, which is a series that I've normally done. That's kind of where the inspiration first took place because yeah. as soon as we draft new players, I, I do a meet the meet the rookie series. And I thought we should do this for our free agents. Even yeah. once the season begins, you know, every now and then you sign up a guy like a street free agent. Let's just do a quick, you know, some bullets on him. Right. Uh, you know, where he played in college, some of his significant career milestones, where he went to high school, some of the other sports he played. I do a really great deep dive into their social media and I find all of sorts of fun things. But these, these rookies, I tell you, are very smart. Their social media is all football related. So they, they know they're much more social media savvy than some of the older guys and guys that have been around the league that have had their social media around for a while. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been super informative for me. I, I hope it's informative for the fans as well, but oh, I think definitely. it's a great way to sort of get to know players on an individual basis. Makes me wonder what happened first. You know, it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing. You know, did they do a bunch of football tweets and, and football social media stuff uh, before they came to Houston? Or are they in Houston in large part because their focus is all on <laughs> social media point. stuff? That's a great point. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure which one comes first. Is there something that you learned about a veteran coming to Houston where you're like, that's really interesting. Maybe something you didn't know. Was there something for one of the players that stands out um, in your, in your mind, as you think about the veterans that you've already uh, kind of looked at in a meet the meet the Texans article that you've done. Is there anything that stands out for you? Um, you know, a lot of things, I, obviously I, I thought Christian Kirksey was a lot of fun to get to know because yeah. uh, he was that Madden glitch back in 2015 when he was <laughs> right. one foot, two inches tall. And I started watching YouTube videos of like, I, I kind of remember that in the back of my mind, but yeah. he did some really funny interviews um, yeah. with Madden after that. And they, it was like a whole thing. And they, they asked him, like, what was your... <laughs> What's your favorite part? And he said, oh, you know, when they actually had me high five a guy, like I would jump up <laughs> off the ground, high five a guy and come all the way back down. And so That's I thought, so... I thought that was really yeah. fun. I, I, I texted you, you and, and Mark and, um, uh, you know, Drew about Cole Toner when I was the day I did Cole Toner because Cole yeah. Toner went to the same high school that I went to in Indianapolis. He grew up in Greenwood, Indiana. Yeah. And so then he went to Harvard. So I just felt um, like I needed to share that. And then he also is a drummer of a band called um, Blind Melanin. Oh. You know? And it's an actual, it's, it, they, he's actually, they're on either Spotify. I think they're on Spotify. I think they're yeah. on Spotify. So. Oh my God. I, I actually. Mark's going to love him. Mark's going to love that. <laughs> he's going to love him. Kirksey also, I mean, we've got quite a few uh, players that are into musical instruments, but I, I think I like the football aspect, but I also feel like I get a good sense of, you know, some of their other interests and hobbies, because, you know, like one of my favorite things about my job is doing the deep slant and we, and I sure. do that once a week during the season. And I usually do that um, with all of our players, but it's kind of nice to have brand new players with brand new hobbies and yes. brand new backgrounds. And, you know, it's going to be a, a really fun season, I think in 2021, as far as my job is concerned, because I think it's one thing to write about them. It's another to actually get the guy to open up and talk about and tell stories. That's, yeah. it's always great for listeners to hear 
um, players sort of off the field. Yeah. And and you do such a great job of getting them to open up. Uh, it's it's amazing when I listen to those interviews. I'm like, <laughs> how did DP get him to say that? It's it's crazy. Now I know you haven't done all all of the the rookies just yet. I know you've done a few, mm-hmm. but. I know that you have been obviously paying attention to all the guys drafted and looking at their backgrounds already. And there are five guys drafted. Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, Garrett Wallow, Roy Lopez Jr. We are going to play most likely two. Now, some of these, there can be a reason behind it. Some of these, it might <laughs> be a be total and yeah. complete <laughs> guess. And those might be the most fun. So here we okay. go. Number one, most likely to, the rookie, most likely to be a fan of Real Housewives, the TV show on Bravo. Oh. I'll go first. I'm going to say Brevin Jordan. Oh, that was going to be my answer. (laughs) Only because, A, he's from Las Vegas, and Uh B, he went to the University of Miami. I just feel like those two cities kind of speak to him being a fan of Real Housewives. I could be totally wrong, okay. but that's the whole point of this. I like that. That was going to be my first choice. But you know what? I'm going to go Davis Mills because he's, the, and here's my super important reasoning. He's the youngest of three. He's got two older sisters. Yes. I have a younger brother that has two older sisters, me being the oldest. And my brother yep. watches a lot of nonsense that I don't think he'd be <laughs> watching if he didn't have two <laughs> older sisters. The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Real Housewives. My brother watched all those shows because he really had no choice. We had one TV between the three of us that we had to share. Yeah, that's a good one. Here's the other factoid about Davis Mills' sister who actually lives here. This happened on Saturday. I happened to be, I don't know, I was bouncing around Twitter and I saw that Davis Mills' sister, her name is Allie, Allie Mills. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, that sounds familiar. Allie Mills, where have I heard that? And then I went, wait a second. And I typed in Elizabeth Shue character in Karate Kid, Allie Mills. Allie Mills was the name of Daniel LaRusso's love interest in Karate Kid. Oh. It's not the same Allie Mills, of course, but but you get the point. Wow. How did you remember that? I don't know. I I just felt like Allie Mills I had heard before, and then it just just clicked. I don't know why. Um, The stupid things that stay in my brain. Okay. Mm, mm. Now, you heard every press conference – yeah, when I these did. players were drafted, we did not, we just interviewed Mark and I did Davis Mills and Nico Collins. So you probably can answer this a little bit better. Most likely to the rookie, most likely to become one of our regulars slash go-tos on Texans radio. Maybe not as a rookie. Cause we know how that goes, but in the future, the rookie most likely to become one of our regular slash go-tos on Texans radio is. I, and maybe this is because I wrote about him, but I, I'm going to say Roy Lopez Jr. Um, Good one. That's what has, I was thinking too. His dad was a coach. So Mark's going to love talking to him about that. Yeah. I love that he was in wrestling. He's got great hair. We love a yes. guest with great hair because that gives us, yes. but there's, he's multidimensional, but I did see some of his interviews after his pro day and he just, you know, he talks to students. He, he, you know, he answers questions. I like that Roy Lopez has got a lot of different hobbies and a lot of things going on. I like that. I like that. Okay. This one, I, this one I thought about a lot. I was like, okay. Now, 2020, this one didn't apply because the team playing A didn't have everybody on it. B, 
because of certain things with locker rooms and setups and such, guys weren't required to wear a particular suit. DP, the rookie most likely to wear the most buzzworthy suit on the team plane is? Oh, I'm going to go Brevin Jordan for this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Las Vegas, Miami, South yep. Beach. Um, the Miami, the, the, the Miami guys with their fashion, the pastel colors and everything. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really okay. looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of my first, that was my first thought. And what may, you know, what made me think of this what? 2019, we were on the bus oh. going to new Orleans <laughs> for, for our first game. I'll yes. tell, I'll tell the story. So we had just traded for Kenny Stills. Nobody in our building knows really anything. Nobody in our department really knows anything about Kenny Stills. We heard he's a good guy. We just didn't know much about him. So we get on bus two as we're supposed to. And the row over to my left, like up one and over to my left, there's nobody sitting there. We're about to leave. And all of a sudden, Kenny Stills walks on. And we got in this text conversation about, well, is that a mint <laughs> suit? Is it sea foam? Is it like, like we couldn't figure it was some sort of green, but we couldn't figure it all out. And we were trading text the whole time. And it was this just awesome looking suit that we could not stop talking about. So um, maybe Brevin Jordan can find a seafoam colored suit that we'll Oh, it was, it was, it was a beautiful, like mint green. I stand by my mint. It was mint. And we, that's what I thought. I pulled up a color wheel of greens and um, Omar, who is in PR, <laughs> yeah. I was texting him. I said, Omar, we we are in a very heated debate. Can you put my phone up behind Kenny's suit and tell us which one matches? And Omar wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't be a team player. No, so he I was, was like, not we can going to this debate once and for all. But uh, that was. Yeah, that was hilarious because um, I we he got we all had that same thought when he got on us. We're like, wow, look at that suit. And then that suit sauce, yeah. Talking about all right, yeah. Brevin Jordan is that guy. Okay, this one I love. This one I came up with. I'm very proud of this one. The rookie most likely to in the faraway future supplant Mark Vandermeer as the voice of the Texans. Ooh. I my answer is Nico Collins. Is it? Okay. I think I think it's Nico Collins. Uh-huh. I I loved our interview with Nico. I just felt like he was he was kind of he was gregarious, but yet not way over the top. So I I just felt like he would he would have been the perfect he would be the perfect play by play guy. Not mm. saying rock and roll because that's Mark's gimmick, and you know, and it's not even a gimmick, it's his thing, and it's perfect. I think Nico Collins would be the answer to that question. And I love the fact that Mark will, I'll play that for him at one point. <laughs> but the rookie most likely to supplant Mark as the voice of the Texans is, well, I'll just go Davis Mills. Okay. Uh, just because I liked some of the stories that he told on his, on his, uh, on his press conference. He told the story about his sister and, yeah. And, you know, Pep and Andrew Luck. And he just sort of can, he covered a lot of different topics. I, his might have been the longest press conference, maybe because he had the most questions. Yeah. But I feel like um, as a play-by-play guy, he can really add a lot of detail to what's happening. Um, he, he adds a lot, of, a lot of extras to his answer that you may not ask for. I, I find that very important in um, a football analyst, Johnny. You're obviously very great at that. And you do a great job telling stories. So... Out of storytelling, I, I'll give Davis Mills an A plus. So I'll put that's it. a good one. That's a, that's a big part of it. That's excellent. Okay, now this one is really all, this one's all about you. So I'll give my answer. 
but you obviously you, you'll get to hopefully do this. The rookie okay. most likely to do the best deep slant interview in the future is. Ooh, I know the one that I want you to do. And that's Roy Lopez Jr. I was going to say Roy Lopez I have I've already so <laughs> many. I have yeah. so many questions for a deep slant with Roy Lopez. I mean, first of all, I mean, the hair, you got to ask oh, about yeah. the wrestling background. And you know me, I'm, I'm a coach's son. So that isn't always easy to be a coach's son. Now, I know his, his dad loved him. My dad mm-hmm. loved me, but there were moments where, you know, the senior and I, we, we clashed a little bit. So I'd always, I'd want to know something from Roy about his dad as a coach. I feel like Roy Lopez would be a great deep slant for yeah. you, of course. I, 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 I think all these guys would be great. I would maybe go Garrett Wallow just because Ooh. I feel like I know the least about him. You know, also he went to, you know, he went to school in Texas. He grew up in new Orleans. So he's, He's got a lo- lot of local connection to Texas. I feel like he yes. kind of gets the state. So I feel like there's a lot under the surface that we don't know about him. Um, so I, I would go Garrett Wallow because sometimes I like the guy with the untapped story. Yes. No one's sometimes some of your best interviews have been with the guys that we didn't see coming. Like yeah. uh, I, I, there was one, I think in 2019 that you did. And I was like, that was amazing. That was really, really good. I can't think of the top off the top of my head, but it was not somebody I expected to even like do a great interview with you. And I was just like, that's really good. I think I'll tell you, I'll tell you what we, we had, um, we, I had Chris Polk on the running back several that, years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I, he was, he was always joking around and laughing in the locker room and chit chatting. So when I sat down with the deep for a deep slant with him, I thought, okay, I kind of know what to expect. I kind of get his yeah. persona. He actually cried because we started talking about how wow. he was living in a car while his mom was doing nursing school. They would sit under a street light and she would study. And he was sort of like looking back at his life and everything that he sort of went through to sort of get to that point in his career. I did not see it coming, but it was just so amazing that he, yeah. you know, for a guy that he's just so jovial and happy, I, I, yeah. did, not ex- I did not expect it to go that way, but I had so much respect for him for being able to share that and open up. And I, I remember just getting a lot of, a lot of compliments on the interview. Maybe yeah. 2019, you're thinking of Laramie Tunsil. Cause yeah, I, did Laramie was with, good. I did an interview with Laramie where we did not even talk about football not once because he said, okay, but you can't ask me anything football related. And I'm like, that is easy. My friend. Yes. And I did an I entire deep slant. We didn't even talk about, we, ta- we did not, we danced around it, but we didn't talk about football. Yeah. LT and I would last like 30 seconds. Uh, but, uh, because he is, he doesn't like, he doesn't like doing these press conferences. I know what I would ask him. Great. Yeah. I know what I would ask him though. My very first question. What? And this has kind of become one of my go-tos when we've had players on, he made a comment It may have been, it may, I think it may have been to you actually. He said his pregame music, his go-to pregame oh. music is Sade. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now wait a second. Now, now Sade and I, have, there's a connection. Oh, I love me some Sade. There's, there is a connection with Sade and going way, way back to when Sean Penry asked and I did radio together. It's a long story. If you know it from my days of 1560, you know what Sade means. I love Sade. But then I was like, before a game? <laughs> but then i thought it's lt that's just kind of that's him i could totally see that because of the way that he 
the way he goes about it and the way he approaches things, it, it makes it makes a ton of sense. But shot A, I'm like, okay, so that, that would be my first question. And after that, I'd, I'd be like, Wait, you remember that? Remember that time when you when you pancaked that dude? Yeah, that was cool. That would be the rest of the, that would be I, the rest. I of the think floor. these big these big guys are so physical and so violent, and they're so amped up on energy. And I think they have to actually like sort of harness it before a game. Yeah. That's my theory. I, I think, think you're right. He, I think I think that sort of brings um, a, a level of calm to him because they probably have so much adrenaline running through their system. But okay, he just seems so chill all the time. So I know he, he, he's seemingly yes. <laughs> uh, let's go with this one: the rookie most likely to do a TikTok worthy tack slash sack slash touchdown dance. I kind of encompassed. I think everybody oh, yeah, could either get play. a tackle sack or yeah. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. Most the rookie most likely to do a TikTok worthy dan- big play dance. I know who it wouldn't be. I know this no. beyond a shadow of it. Who would I know it, it would, be? I know it would not be Davis Mills. Okay. I know it won't be Davis Mills. He is a cool customer on a field. Now I've seen him celebrate a touchdown. That's why that that didn't hit. He's a chill. He's a very chill guy. So really, to me, would be down to four. I don't yeah. see him doing that. I could see the other four. Probably the other one would be Garrett Wallow. Garrett just makes a tackle, gets up, does it again. Gets the hmm. play call, does it again. So Garrett would be probably out for me as well. But who would you say the most, the rookie most likely to do a TikTok-worthy tackle slash sack slash touchdown big play dance? Uh, I, it's, kind of a tie between, it's a tie between Brevin and Roy for me on the okay. two. I think Brevin, I've seen the hardware that the Miami hurricane guys wear. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, and point. I just think that he, you know, he, he's kind of, uh, he's into all that, you know, flash and dance. So I feel like that would, I could that see would that. translate well to TikTok. but Roy Lopez is big and, you know, I think he throws his weight around well i, I feel mm-hmm. like he likes he's really good on camera and stuff so i, I could yeah. see him as well but the, i would i would go between those two i i could agree with you i could agree with you last one the rookie most likely to drive a truck in houston <laughs> oh it's got to be garrett it's got to be garrett wallow he went to i would TCU. think so he's got the most connection <laughs> he's got the most connection to he this area and that seems yeah he was from new orleans Went to TCU. I think I think that's got to be Garrett. That's we could be totally wrong. He may want to drive a Maserati, and that's all he wants to drive. But we got to keep our purposes, eyes peeled. We got to yeah. keep our eyes peeled once the players start rolling in. Yeah, but for these, I I would think Garrett Wallow. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, agree. Garrett Wallow. All right, mm-hmm. there you go, mm-hmm. DP. It was great having you on. Thank you so very much. A lot of fun, Johnny. Thank you as always. We come back. Twenty twenty two is actually not that far off. The Texans do have first and second round picks. Drew Doherty worked on a mock draft survey of what the early projections are. I'll get into them next right here on Texans All Access. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you on this wonderful Wednesday evening. When I say wonderful, holy cow. If you didn't, for some way, somehow, get outside today, oh my gosh, it was absolutely gorgeous all day, not a cloud in the sky, and this is the kind of day you live in Houston for, right here, 
So it's 70, 75 degrees tops. Oh, a little bit of a breeze. Man, it was absolutely rock solid stuff. Appreciate you being here with me. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter of your Houston Texans. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but one of the things I love to do after the draft is over is start to think ahead, no matter what. No idea what this season will provide. No idea what the college season will provide. But I always like to start looking ahead to what could be. And each year, and of course, with the Texans having a first and second round pick, we can get excited about that. And each year that we have a first and second round pick, actually, even when we don't, I'm Andrew Doherty sits down and does his mock draft survey. What can happen in the future? He starts it as soon as the season is over. As soon as the season is done, I'm sorry, as soon as the draft is done, he starts that mock draft survey. Then he'll do it right after the season's over. So he usually has kind of two marks, kind of right as the draft is over. And then he'll do it again right as the season's over. And then kind of taking a look at who the mock drafters out there are mocking to the Houston Texans. And I'm always curious about that. That's always, I I love that aspect of thinking ahead to what could possibly be here. So, thinking ahead to 2022 already, here were one, two, three, there are four names that came up on the mock draft surveys that Drew looked at. Five, six, seven. It looks like he had eight or nine of them that he was looking at. Five of those surveys had us taking the quarterback from Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler, played last year as a redshirt freshman, had a tremendous season after Oklahoma had taken a couple on the chin. They lost to Iowa State. That was one loss that they had, and it was like, man, it was not going well. And it looked like in the game against University of Texas, things were heading in that same direction. They had lost to Kansas State the week prior. They had a big lead in that game, if I remember right, and then lost. Uh, Iowa State just, Brees Hall just ran away with that one. In the Texas game, things aren't going well. In fact, he's replaced by Tanner Mordecai, I believe it was. Comes in the game, rather comes back in the second half, and from that point forward for the rest of the year, Rattler was a much, much different quarterback. He is not a big guy. He's two, he'll top out at six foot six one. Lucky if he's two hundred pounds. Tremendous arm talent. Now, as we have said many, many times on this show, given the situation, legal uh, though it may be, there's not much we can say about how this situation is going to go. But we know that Rod Taylor, Ryan Finley are signed quarterbacks for the Texans, and we know that Davis Mills was drafted in the third round. So, Texans being mocked to take Spencer Rattler. Five of the nine that Drew looked at, Spencer Rattler is that guy. Now, not in every one of those were the Texans with the number one pick. A couple of the drafts, in fact, I saw the one that Dane Brugler did, the Texans were taking the number one overall pick. I don't I don't see that happening. I don't see the, the Texans making that making a number one pick. I just don't see that with with the veterans that are on this roster. I don't I don't see it happening. But there are some that do, and Spencer Rattler 
was the guy they mocked. One of those mock drafters for 2022 had us taking the quarterback from North Carolina by the name of Sam Howell. Now, you give me my druthers. I think Spencer Rattler's more talented than Sam Howell, but Rattler's had some issues off the field. He's, he's a very, very confident, going all the way to arrogant kind of guy. I don't know how that will fly, but he's grown up. He's maturing a little bit, but Sam Howell is rock solid. I don't think he's got as much arm talent as Rattler. One mock drafter said that Sam Howell would be the quarterback that the Texans would look at in the future. There was one other quarterback that a mock drafter put in our clutches and actually did it in the top five of the quarterbacks that presumably would be eligible. Now, Rattler is a redshirt sophomore. Redshirt sophomore, is that right? Yeah, he's a redshirt sophomore. Sam Howell is going into his third year as a starter. He's a junior. Those, both, those guys would both have to declare. But Desmond Ritter's a senior. He decided to go back to Cincinnati, couldn't declare, but decided to go back to Cincinnati for one final year. And I think that's that was that was wise. I think there are some things in his game he's got to clean up. But Desmond's got some dual threat ability, ability to run, make some plays out of the pocket. He led ten, uh, Cincinnati all the way to the Peach Bowl last year where they lost by one to Georgia and won a heck of a bowl game. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati is the third quarterback that has been mocked to the Texans. So three quarterbacks, Rattler, Howell, Ritter, mocked to the Texans for 2022. Again, not us, not me. I decided not to do a top 25 or top 50. And one of those reasons kind of had to do with a a lot of the guys that end up in that mix are, you know, draft eligible, but they've got one, two, sometimes even three years left, I guess, in some cases to be on a college campus. And, I just don't want to put that out there. One day I might do the seniors. But then again, after last year, you don't even know who's a senior versus who's a junior. It's kind of crazy. So I was like, you know what? I'll just hold off on that. But I thought these mock drafts were kind of interesting that they mocked to the Texans those three different quarterbacks, Oklahoma Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell from North Carolina, and Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. Now, the guy that I would love, there are two guys that I would love to see come to the Houston Texans. Now, I think one mock draft that I saw, and I don't know if Drew's gotten that one, and I can't remember who it was that I saw. Oh, I know what it was. I was on Pro Football Network, I think it is. Whichever one has got Tony Pauline. And there was this, I don't know how they did it, but they had this kind of automatic mock draft. You just hit the button and it did the mock draft for you. That mock draft and the mock draft... Uh, mock drafters that are in the survey had the two players that I would love to come away with for next year. PF Networks, Pro Football Network, came up with Derek Stingley, the corner from out of LSU, who I think is as close to Jalen Ramsey as any corner has been. No corner for as much as they want to talk about, oh, I, I, want, to, I want to be like Jalen Ramsey. I want to play like Jalen Ramsey. No corner has been even close to Jalen Ramsey as much as Derek Stingley Jr. has been. He's been a starter from day one at LSU at corner. I think he's phenomenal. He's a guy that, in that mock draft, he was not of the nine or ten that Drew looked at, but the one that I saw, Derek Stingley Jr., was mocked to the Texans. Two mock drafters had the player that I probably right now, if you said, 
hey, you must do this if you want to eat pie for dessert tonight. You've got to fill out your top 100 tonight. I would probably put Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end from Oregon, at number one. He's as dynamic an edge player as I've seen. He's not Miles Garrett because he doesn't have quite that sort of strength. Um, he's not 240 pounds, so he's questionable O-line, uh, outside linebacker versus DN. He is a true 4-3 defensive end. He's about 255 pounds. So quick with the first step. So dynamic in the backfield. His performance in the Pac-12 championship game last year was on a completely and totally different level. He was the number one recruit in the country when he went to Oregon. I remember watching my first Oregon game a couple of years ago, or back in, I guess, 2019. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they got Kayvon Thibodeau, the number one recruit. I wonder what he, oh, my gosh, this guy is phenomenal. He was great as a freshman. I thought even in a short stint in 2020, he was even that much better. Two mock drafters had Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end out of Oregon, coming to the Houston Texans in 2022. That guy, unlike the defensive players in this draft, I felt like there were good defensive players. I don't know if there were transcendent guys. I don't know if there were guys that would be top of their position um, in four or five years. If I put these defensive players in this draft and compared them to players in other drafts, I think they would have been a notch, notch and a half below. Stingley and Thibodeau, no way. Stingley and Thibodeau go, I don't know if they go in the top, they, they go in the top five. Now, now this year, they go in the top five this year. This year with all the quarterbacks over there, there will be quarterbacks next year, same thing. There will be a couple that pop up seemingly out of nowhere. Whether it's uh, you know a guy you know quarterback of Liberty Malik Willis, whether it's JT Daniels at Georgia, whether it's I don't think Brock Purdy, yeah, he doesn't strike me as a, a first rounder, um, but whether it's somebody that we're not expecting, there will be four or five quarterbacks that will get high acclaim. Whether they go in you know five in the top fifteen like they went this year, I don't know about that. Part of the reason those guys were going that high was because there weren't any transcendent players at priority positions, i.e. defensive end slash edge or lockdown corners. There were some good corners, but there weren't great corners. Derek Stingley's a great corner. Kayvon Thibodeau can change the game out on the edge. That was not prevalent, nor was it even there, was it even present in this past draft. It will be in the following draft. So, most mock, mock drafters, mock drafters, I guess that's what we call them from now on. Most mock drafters had a stake in Spencer Rattler. Uh, five of the nine. It's one for Sam Howe, one for Desmond Ritter, and two for Kayvon Thibodeau. There'll probably be more of those that are coming out. Drew will follow it. Uh, but just to give kind of an early read on what does 2022 provide. I couldn't be more excited. For, first of all, I don't know if I'm more excited than Drew. Because next year's draft will be in Las Vegas. And the years in which we haven't had a first-round pick, Drew doesn't go to that location for the draft. Well, this year, it's in Las Vegas. <laughs> I texted Drew when I saw that. And I said, look, man, we got to do whatever ever possible to make sure that we don't trade away first-round picks, man. We got to have you go to Vegas, man. We need you there. And that's going to be one heck of a trip, hopefully. Uh, but first and second round picks on the docket as of right now. We'll see uh, whether that changes. I would hope it doesn't. Hopefully, there are more. 
get more of them, start building this thing, get it built up. But we'll see what goes on. But a lot of mock drafters think in 2022 we will take the quarterback out of Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler. I'm all for Kayvon Thibodeau if you want the, the God's honest truth. Getting a guy off the edge to change the game would be really nice to have. All right, we get back. We'll go around the NFL and all that's happening in this league. We'll have that for you next right here at Texas Alexis. Welcome back, everybody, to this final segment of this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, silent reporter. Huge thanks to DP City for joining me tonight. It was so great to catch up with her. Seeing her live and in person, this is the, the impact of COVID. You have these great friends and you work, especially work friends, and because you see work friends every day. And then you don't see them every day. And you don't see them every day for a long time. Getting a chance to do... Live radio with DP on Friday, Thursday last week for the draft and then doing it tonight has been very, very cool and something that I told her we need to do more often and we will do more often. I love having her on there. Appreciate her for being around. Let's go around the NFL where things continue to spin, especially in Green Bay. I got a text from my cousin who lives in Green Bay, just out of the blue, texted me the other day, this is how I guess things are going in Green Bay. She said to me, you think Aaron Rodgers is coming your way? That's the chatter here in Green Bay. I almost fell out of my chair. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. But my goodness, The Athletic had a story today, if you haven't seen it, where essentially Aaron Rodgers has taken to call in Brian Gutekunst, the GM for the Packers, Jerry Krause. And if you know who Jerry Krause is, you realize that's not a compliment. If you look at it the other way, Jerry Krause also put together one of the greatest dynasties of all time with the Chicago Bulls in the 90s, the repeat, three-peat, as it's put, six championships. Jerry Krause put that together there in Chicago. Brian Gutekunst hasn't quite done that in Green Bay yet, but if that's what Aaron Rodgers is saying, away we go. But things are not going well in Green Bay right now. I think that's sort of an understatement, but man, the more time that goes on, the more that we see, yikes, Aaron Rodgers is done. Now, where does Aaron Rodgers go, and how does that impact not only the rest of the league, but how does it impact the Texans at some point? I don't think he's coming here, uh, as my cousin said. And she was quick to say afterwards, she says, well, you know, it's talk radio. They've got a lot of things to fill. And I understand that more than most. So, I don't know. That is, uh, it's, it is certainly one to watch. But I'm curious as to what this Aaron Rodgers power play will mean. But we'll keep an eye on Green Bay. I always do, because... Obviously, that's where I was born, and my parents live there, so I always keep an eye on them. But, man, Aaron Rodgers thing is just – it's its crazy for the Packers, and, and I hate it for the Packers, but we'll see. It's going to be nuts, no doubt. Darren Fells, former Texan, signs with the Detroit Lions. So, apparently, Darren Fells is up for more kneecaps. He returned to Detroit. He had been there prior to – in 2017, he played there – but he goes to Detroit after having two very solid seasons with the Texans. I can't tell you how much he meant to this team watching him each and every day. He was a he was the consummate professional 
and it was it was really fun to watch Darren Fells, and he had a big impact, especially on this team in 2019. Got this email today I thought was interesting, and maybe this is, I don't say more for another time, but I got this from the NFL. I got it from their NFL, the NFL's research department, and it has to do with scheduling. May 12th, next week, on this show, at this time, we will be leading up to the schedule unveiling. Mark and I will be doing that show, and then I think we're going to be doing a Facebook Live show at 7 to unveil the schedule. All 17 games. So, the NFL sent, and the research department sent this to us, and it's essentially a document with all this different research they've done on scheduling, essentially. And so I was rifling through this, and I saw the 17 most compelling games of 2021. I was like, whoo, okay, this is interesting. And I'll be honest, I did not expect to see the Texans mentioned. And they were, with the seventh most compelling game of 2021. And I thought about it, and I was like, man, how are the Texans? I just saw the word Texans. I didn't even see the next couple of words, and then I saw that and went, oh, well, okay, that makes sense. But number one on the list was Bucks at Patriots. Tom Brady's return to New England. Oh, boy. Wow. That is going to be... I don't know who we're playing that week, but I just know we won't have any media here to see that because everybody will be in Foxborough. Number two is Packers at Chiefs. I don't know if it stays that way if Aaron Rodgers is not with Green Bay. Number three is Bills at Chiefs, AFC Championship rematch. Number four is Bills at Buccaneers. That could be a pretty good one. Josh Allen versus Tom Brady. And the Bills have faced Brady many, many times. Five is Cowboys at Chiefs. You know, Dak Prescott returning, taking on Patrick Mahomes. It's pretty good. Number six, Seahawks versus Rams. They faced twice. Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. Number seven. Actually, the Texans are eighth. My bad. Number seven, Lions at Rams. The two teams consummated a trade this offseason. Jared Goff going to Detroit. Matthew Stafford coming to uh, L.A. Number eight, Texans at Cardinals. Now, I have to say no more, but that was interesting. Top eight most compelling games of 2021. The Texans mentioned taking on the Cardinals. I think you can figure out why. Top eight most compelling game of 2021. Fish out the top ten. This one, I saw number nine. I went, wait, what? And then I saw, oh, this makes sense. Jags at Jets. I was like, wait, what? Trevor Lawrence v. Zach Wilson. If both start, it would be the fourth game in NFL history between starting rookie quarterbacks selected one and two overall. Winston versus Mariota in 15. Manning, Leaf in 98. Bledsoe, Meyer in 93. So there you go. Top eight compelling games. The Texans have got one of them when they go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals and those awesomely awesome smelling cinnamon nuts in the far corner of the end zone. That's the one thing I remember from Arizona Stadium. I don't know why. I just remember that smell. Oh, stayed with me to this day. All right, big thanks to DP, to all of you for listening. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. The General joins us live right here on Texans All Access. See you then, and as always, go Texans.